Welcome, welcome everybody to Prayers on the Porch podcast. Today, it's your main host, Anthony Jabre, with a special guest, a, a leader, somebody that's very involved in his community, somebody that takes the emotional mental wellness of that leadership very seriously, uh, a wonderful father, as well as uh, a loving husband to his wife. Everybody, we have John on the Giant. What's up, brother? Hey, man. How's it going, man? I appreciate you having me on, Anthony. Yeah, I'm I'm blessed, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for asking. Uh, it's been good. I've been following your content for quite a while, and so I'm just excited just to get your your insight. Especially, I feel like within the um, black community, talking about emotional and mental wellness isn't a very prevalent topic to talk about. Right. You know, nor is it celebrated. I feel like it's almost deemed as weakness to be vulnerable or talk about your own pitfalls or weaknesses. So I appreciate you taking the this, the courage to do that yeah absolutely yeah man i was uh definitely i definitely felt honored when you you, when you contacted me um to to ask me to get on the podcast because it just shows that uh for me uh it just shows that even though i don't have like 10,000 10 million followers the message is still resonated with with some and uh, definitely if it's resonating with some it can resonate with more so definitely Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I, I always believe we can, it's, it doesn't have to always be huge things. I think we can definitely change the world just by the small people that we do haven't come in contact with. You know, if I feel like we can change one person's life, that's, I mean, that's worth it to me. You know, I, I don't know if we'd agree, but that's, that's definitely, definitely, definitely. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you talk about the, the love that you have for your wife. And, and I think a lot of um, young men, including myself, didn't really have like a strong reference of what, you know, a flourishing relationship looked like. Of course, it, there's going to be pitfalls. And of course, there's going to be times where you guys get in arguments and stuff like that. But yeah, what, would you say, what would you say are some tips, I think, for single men out there to, I guess, develop to be in like a really steady mutual relationship? Well, Anthony, I think the one of the number one things to be uh, in a steady mutual relationship um, or something that you're looking for as a single man is quality. And it's not necessarily quality in looks because looks, of course, looks are definitely important. You want to be physically attracted to the person. Right. But I believe even more so you have to make sure that the quality of the character of the person that you're pursuing is next level. Um, I say that because for my wife, man, I always tell people this, and sometimes she gets kind of tired of me saying it, but it's true. Um, she she just saw me as a person that was a man of integrity, even though I didn't have, uh, I was about like 21, 22 years old. Yeah. I was in college at the time. Um, I was working a security job on the beach because uh, I'm in Miami, on Miami Beach, um, you know, making a little money here and there, very involved in my church. But I didn't have everything that she was taught a man should have at that age. I should have been graduated with, with college already. I should have mm. been um, pursuing my master's. Um, I, I dropped out of high school, you know, when I was about 15, 16 years old. 
So every single thing that society told her a man should be at that age, every single thing that her family, her parents told her that she should be pursuing, every value that she thought that a man should have, I didn't have, but she saw past that. And because Mm. she saw past that and she saw what I would be able to do, the lives I would be able to affect in the future, she stuck through with me. So she went through college with me. She worked two part-time jobs while I was in college full-time just to make ends meet. She, she moved from one place to the next. I mean, we got evicted from an apartment. She's been through a lot with me. Wow. And a lot of times what ends up happening to many young men is that we're looking at the wrong things. We're looking at the Instagram models. We're looking at the women with the big breasts, big big butt. We're, we're, we're looking for that, that physical attraction. Though the physical attraction is very important because you definitely want to be with someone that you're physically attracted to. Right. Just as important. And I would say even more important, you have to make sure that you're with a woman, you're seeking a woman of quality. The character is of high quality. Yeah. I love that. I, 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 I could speak to it a little bit. I think for myself, it's definitely, I've definitely grown in that area to where I realized like, all right, if I'm really trying to, as I say, build my own kingdom as a man and really have some beautiful, like noteworthy that. experiences and, and longevity in a relationship, because it wasn't like I really had very many references in my family. I needed somebody that had the, the intelligence and had the wherewithal and the resilience, like you said. And I think that that beautifully transitions into my next question of um, I think it's a very easy in this is current society to be short-term and short-term pleasure minded, right? Mm-hmm. With social media, everything is instant. Um, so what, how do you think, hold on. That was like an ambulance going by, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I already peeped, I already know. You rocking it, man. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So my question is, how do you develop the long-term mindset when it comes to making moves in our life? Uh, Well, I think in order to develop the long-term mindset and not to get stuck in the rabbit hole of the short-term mindset is looking at the big picture. What do you want out of your life? What is the main thing or things that you want out of your life? And I believe Once you can pinpoint what you want out of your life, the main thing that you want out of your life, then all of your decision-making in the short term, in the immediate, start to point towards that. But it takes, it takes um, some intentionality, you know, so we're talking about uh, long-term goals. So a long-term goal or long-term vision, it takes for you to sit down and write out your, your, your mission in life, your vision in life. What do you see for your life? What you can sit down and write those things out and you write them in the realm of your roles, um, like your roles that you play. Let's say for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, uh, I'm a therapist, I'm a life coach, uh, I'm a businessman. So in all of those different roles, I'm writing down my mission statement according to those things because I want to make sure I hit all those things. And I can't forget about my health as well. You know, one of the things, my long-term 
goal or vision is for me to be as healthy as possible. So when one can sit down and you can write down your mission statement in the context of the roles that you play and in the goals that you're trying to reach in those roles, then you're no longer chasing short-term gratification. Right. Actually, every single thing that you do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, is pointing towards the long-term. Yeah, I love, I love that. I think you, you answered it really eloquently. I think once you develop that long-term mindset, it's a lot easier to make moves or say no to things. Exactly. However, to somebody that, say, for instance, has the vision, right, and has these big things and long-term goals that you, that you speak of um, that I think are crucial, how would you say, what are some tools or tips that you could say developing the courage to execute with what you have, though? Because I think for myself, there was a long time where I felt like I needed to have, you know, a million dollars or, you yeah. know, these certain gifts first before I could get started. So absolutely, do that? Let me tell you something. And I think a lot of us fall prey to that. I've, I've fallen prey to that a hundred times over, right? And I think it's not something that is a, uh, it's not a, a one step type of thing. It's For not, sure. it's not just like, okay, yeah, um, you, uh, you want to do this and, and you feel as if, oh, you need all these different things. And you're like, oh no, I don't need all these different things. It's, you're going to keep going back and forth at times. Right. So yeah, I think it's, pendulum. It's, it's, it's having that anchor, right? There's a specific anchor that you need to have. And I think that anchor always begins with your why, why are you doing what you say you want to do? Once you can figure out what your why, like, your why has to be the thing that makes you so emotional that it makes you cry. It makes you move into action, right? So that's, that's one thing. The second thing I believe, uh, for a lot of times, you have to really like put yourself in, the, in an incubator. Like shut off the social media, shut off the Instagram, the Facebook, you know, even go on the extreme to unfollow certain things because a lot of times we're looking at what other people are doing and we don't realize right. that it is it is causing us to be insecure it is causing us to think oh man i have to have this type of video and this type of lighting and this has to be this way and when you're so focused on what those people are doing you don't realize that you're robbing the world of the message that god has given you to give to the world yeah. so you have to be very conscientious like i do this thing now because I realized that was a problem that I had. So now what I do this thing where I don't go on social media until nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes it even goes up to 1 PM because I get so busy and caught up in what I'm doing. I don't get on to, so I don't get on social media. Right. right. So right. I think that's very important as well to, to not get caught up in feeling as if you have to have everything perfect, because even those that you're watching, they started from somewhere. For sure. Everyone has to start from a pebble. No one starts from a boulder. You work that pebble as much as you can. You grind it out, and then it becomes a boulder. Yeah, bro, I, lo I love that. And I think it's interesting. I'm learning that in, along my journey as well as starting off my day um, intentional and not just be instantly checking Instagram, but say, right. instance, starting off and meditating or, or being, <laughs> being in, that, in that dark and transitioning here you state that to be great at anything it starts in the dark why do you why do you say that and what have you learned along your journey from that man i say i say that and that's one of the videos that i put up um when i was speaking to 
to a football team, an optimist football team, because I think with society today, with instant gratification, with everything looking all flashy, we expect to start at the top. So when I'm talking about greatness starts off in the dark, I'm saying greatness starts off at the bottom. Like there's a period of time where nobody will know you. Right. <laughs> immediate circle, except your immediate circle. And then it pushes on to maybe different events that you may go to continually. And then an opportunity that you'll have, like there, there have been so many times where I've gone to a specific place. Like I'm telling you for a couple of years and nobody knows what I'm capable of doing. Nobody knows the message that I have, but I'm speaking to people here and there within that, within that community, within that area. And then one day somebody's like, Hey, you know, John could speak on this. He can talk about relationships and love. He could talk about how to get prepared for marriage. He can talk about how to build your up yourself up as an individual. Right. And then get my opportunity right there. And this is the journey of life where this is how greatness starts off. Like when nobody's watching, are you exhibiting the characteristics, the integrity and the habits as if everyone is watching? Because if you can do that in the dark, then <laughs> it's inevitable for you, for the whole world to know who you are and your message. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and you're an advocate just like I am for the, I would say holistic wellness, mental, emotional, and physical. So would you also say that the healing mentally is in the dark as well? Um, well, as a therapist, I would say that when you talk about the dark, it doesn't necessarily have to be by yourself. Right. I think when it comes to mental and emotional healing, you need at least one person in that dark place with you to pull you out of it. Because it's very difficult to pull yourself out of the dark. Um, it's very difficult to pull yourself out of the dark. And all that is really is accountability. All it is is accountability. Because the way that our minds tend to work at times is when we're by ourselves and we're going through something mentally and emotionally, we continue to go down this path of darkness unless there's some type of voice something, someone, we hear something, we read something that pulls us out of it. And for me, I think the best way to get that emotional and mental stability to flourish in those areas, you have to have that level of accountability, which right. leads to the type of company that you keep. Because you, if you have trash company, then <laughs> you're probably going to have a trash mindset. Very true. Yeah, very true. I agree. I, I think you touched upon it, um, even with saying that, of navigating the self-talk, because I think along the journey, it's very easy to be um, very critical of ourselves and very, Absolutely. very, very negative. But I, I think when it comes to just being intentional with even just like what you're putting in your in your energy, as well as the people you have around, I think can definitely positively influence your self-talk too because you have people around you that are positive it's going to be a lot easier for you i feel like to be positive yeah. and talking positive about yourself as well right definitely 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 for sure awesome awesome um for yourself you say just being grateful right and, and I, i'm i as well talk quite a bit about just the 
the importance and the wonders of gratitude. So for, for you, what does your gratitude practice look like? Uh, my gratitude practice is simple, man. It's nothing major. Um, just really early in the morning, um, after my workouts, um, or even if I don't work out, just getting up and taking a walk around the neighborhood. Taking a walk around the neighborhood and just being thankful for everything that I have. Um, because uh, maybe about, what, in, 2000, in 2010, I don't know if you remember, but there was an earthquake that hit the country of Haiti. Yeah. And I had the opportunity bad. to go there. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I had the opportunity to go there maybe about a, no, no more than a month after the hurricane hit. And when I went there, I went to go uh, speak to the people. To I went with a group of doctors as well, a group of dentists, um, speaking to the people, uh, feeding the people, clothing the people, just giving them bare necessities. And um, I was there for about two months. And uh, the group I was with, we slept in tents. We weren't even in hotels. The the country was in shambles. It was it was. Right. I've never seen a sight like that before in my life. And that that two month experience, being there for two months, it opened up the reality of how much I have as a person. Like I literally have no reason to complain in life. Like if you live in this country, you really have no reason to complain at all because we are afforded opportunities. We have been given the freedoms to, to make as money, much money as we want, take as many days off as we want. Like we have the ability to create our lives the way that we want to create them. And for the simple fact that we have those opportunities, and, you know, I, I have a supportive and loving wife. I have two beautiful, healthy children. Like, my wife had four pregnancies, uh, officially had four pregnancies. Two were, two didn't come out in miscarriage. And then my son, he was in NICU for 10 days. So we could have just had one child at this point. But I'm seeing that so many people go through those type of situations and they right. don't get one child. Some people go through, some women, some families, couples go through seven miscarriages, having a roof over my head. Like all these different things we take for granted every single day. But True. man, it's a lot to be grateful for. A lot to be grateful for. Yeah, I love that. I, I definitely do. I think, uh, I think it's taken me quite a bit to get there to that piece. And I think gratitude definitely ties into my own emotional wellness practice. Um, mm -hmm. My question to you in this stage of the podcast is like, how does that tie into ownership? Because you, 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 you speak heavily about just taking ownership of your own life and how that really um, ties into to leading your own life, but also affecting and influencing other people. And so, yeah, how, how do you say emotional wellness ties into to taking ownership of your life? Well, I believe owner, uh, emotional wellness, emotional and mental wellness ties in taking ownership. Because once you have the mindset that you are in control, then every single other thing flows from there. Like that's, that's one of the main things that I work with my clients. So I, I, I do, uh, I coach and give therapy to um, divorced men and women. And the question is, okay, so how do I move on at this point? How do I, how do, how do I pick up my life and, and, and I create something out of my life where I'm getting over this situation. Right. And a lot of times because 
you're in an emotional and mental dumpster, like you're in an emotional, mental trash can, you, you really can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But the very first thing that I usually do with these clients is we start talking about control. And um, I let them see that in every single facet of your life, you have some type of control. Okay, yeah, you're no longer with that person anymore, but what can you do? What are some goals that you had that you wanted to do before? What are some things that you want to accomplish? Did you want to travel? Did you want right. to get a job? Did you want to go back to school? Okay, you want to build a better relationship with your children. You want to have a better relationship with your parents. There's so many different things that we have in our possession to take control and to take ownership. And once we start to take control and we start to actually move forward and take initiative to do the things that we possess that are in our control, then we become more satisfied with ourselves. Then we True. become more strengthened mentally and emotionally. Then this is when we become secure in who we are in our situation. Why? Because you're so focused on your, the, the things that you can control that you're not even worried about the things that you don't control or that you can't control. Right. hundred percent. I, I, I think you answered my second question in that from that, from that statement of like, you have to be proactive when I feel like you like, it's not going to be always easy to look for the flowers amongst the weeds. But I yeah. think if you are proactive, like you said, intentional with that, I think it, it, it pays dividends because it's a lot easier then to move forward with that power and that, and that knowing of like, all right, like whatever situation I've gone through, I'm able to truly navigate it because I trust not only myself, but I trust in the higher power. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes, right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. And so to give you my last two questions, I, I really, I think it's, it's, it's dope when I see fathers really taking that, that leadership role and being able to um, speak about it and really be the, the, I feel like the influential part of not only their families, but even speaking about it in their communities about the importance of it. And so you talk about having a mission as a father. Why do you feel like that's so crucial for the fathers out there? Having a mission as a father? Yes. Well, I think it's very important because we have to understand as men, when you, when you birth a child, that's your responsibility. And it's your responsibility to affect change for the next generation. Like, I always, I always talk about how we praise Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but we don't realize there was a father that raised him. He was a, right. he, he was a minister as well. Um, he was a part of the NAACP chapter in Atlanta. He made things. His He was very... He, he was very uh, strict and he had the, you know, he disciplined Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He took him uh, overseas so he can see different things. And this affected him so much to where you see Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., what he has done for us in this country, what he has done for minorities in general, that doesn't happen without his dad being mission-minded, his dad living for a purpose and a cause and bringing his son along. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, we don't really realize how crucial they are because, I mean, there's a lot of the mantra of 
I feel like within a lot of communities is the single mother and the strength of that. But I think to have the father present, I think that I remember hearing one time that the the father or the the, the strong man who is emotionally and mentally well is the most powerful force Mm -hmm. in the community. You know, I think that's the truth because I think we we have the capacity to really lead if if we are stepping out of our own comfort zone and being vulnerable with ourselves, but also realizing that like, all right, like this isn't just for me, this is for people generations from now that I can even see. Absolutely. Yep. Facts. And so concluding here, I think overall, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for coming on. There's so much value that I'm not only um, getting from this conversation, but I feel like our audience would definitely have be fruitful from it. Um, my question to you is if, to speaking to the youth, I know you, you do quite a bit, but what would you say is a, a message for somebody that uh, is struggling with developing the courage or taking ownership of their life? What would you say to that young man? Um, I would say this too shall pass. Like, I, and I think it, it ties back into what we said earlier about uh, looking at life long term. Like, you're only going to be 15 for once. Then you're going to be 20. Then you're going to be 25. Then you're going to be 35. Time passes by so quickly. Like, I could vividly remember when I was 15 years old. And if I can go, <laughs> if I can go back, I would do things a whole lot differently. So in the moment, in the time, it may feel as if you have a lot of time. It may feel as if, man, your friends are more important. It may feel as if, you know, frivolous things that you worry about, clothes and, you know, popularity, those things are so important. But they're not going to be important 10 years down the line. And the focus needs to be, what do you want your life to look like 10 years down the line? Whatever you want your life to look like 10 years down the line, it needs to be your focus right now so that you can have that life 10 years down the line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Kara Aswan says, like, the future that you you want or envision, you need to start now exactly. with what you have. And I think, like you said, I having the perspective and intentionality is, is crucial. It's crucial. So yep. um, thank you, brother. I, I appreciate you ha- uh, being on this podcast. It was, it was no, phenomenal you, having you. I think it's dope to always shed light to people that are really making moves in their own communities and also, you know, about something positive. And so I, I love that. Thank you for, for, for being on, brother. For sure, for sure. Thank you for having me, man. I definitely, definitely appreciate it. It was a definitely great conversation, man. And um, yeah, keep it up. Keep it going, man, because we need we need as much as positivity and role models out here as much as possible. Agreed. Agreed. I um I wanna ask you, because I think this is the, the the funny part of the podcast. Uh this is where you shamelessly plug your socials. So where can people find you? Um follow your content, all that. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as uh, Jono the Giant. That's J-O-N-O the Giant. Um, you can find me on all those different platforms on that. You can see uh, what, what I talk about. You can also find uh, my wife and I, we have a page called Pure Couples where we talk about uh, marriage and relationships and how to work on yourself as you pursue a a, a healthy relationship. So yeah, you can find me on all those different platforms and definitely um, looking forward to hearing from you guys. Shoot me a DM whenever you want to talk. I'm here. And um, yeah. Yeah, man. 
Awesome. And that, my friends, is Prayers on the Porch Podcast. Make sure to follow us at POTP Podcast if you have any inquiries, questions, comments, uh, <laughs> concerns, all that. Please, please let us know. If you'd like somebody to come on the podcast or have somebody that you'd also like to have on, please let us know and we'll definitely get it scheduled. So until next time, much love. Peace.